0: Okay. Welcome. everybody, we're hard to believe we are in week four. Already in the Moore class and um. We hope to have lots of space for just conversation and connection today. So um, please eat popcorn. <laughs> I have so many bags of popcorn. So feel free to get up at any moment and uh, have some popcorn. And uh, especially during our small group times, there are things. So feel free to, to refill um, as needed. How many, how many diehard Super Bowl fans do we have in the room tonight? How many people are like really glad we switched? Nobody's gonna admit it. <laughs> it's it's okay if you are. Yeah. <laughs> so, good. Well, um, thanks for being kind of flexible uh, with us. I'm sure it kind of feels like for a lot of us, if you were here at the 11 o'clock service, that you were just here, you went home, ate quick, kind of turned around and and came back. So thanks for thanks for being with us um, uh, today. Just one other kind of quick announcement, uh, another thing where we're flexing a little bit. So as I've mentioned in the email, uh, next Sunday night, we're going to do kind of a merger with our 610 uh, community. And so we're going to merge this class with that worshiping community and do a large gathering together. And so instead of meeting here in this room, uh, we'll be meeting over at the auditorium Um, So we'll still have childcare, all the kind of normal things that we uh, would have, but we'll just be in a different space. And the 610 starts at 610. So you're welcome to come at 6 and find a spot and chat a little bit, but we won't officially kick off till till 610. But we'll, we'll stay in the same kind of uh, window of time as we gather together. We are going to move right through the content. So Kevin's going to do a bit more of a, a teaching, um, but it will be on Chapter 5, which is a fabulous chapter. I'm really excited, actually, uh, for that content. And so... Um, Um, please come. We're going to have opportunities to pray together. Uh, We're going to have some prayer teams available. Um, So during worship and response time, if there's been some things that you've wanted to receive prayer for, we'll have some prayer teams um, available as well uh, to bless you with the more of the Holy Spirit. So we're looking forward to that gathering next week. All right, and thanks for Grace last week. Thanks for Kevin uh, taking the lead. We had a good afternoon with Winter Wonder, but I was cleaning out paint bottles till about 7 or 7.30, and so um, it was an awesome afternoon, but yeah, just didn't make it back into class, so yes. Um, But would love to start off uh, tonight, this afternoon, whatever it is, uh, (laughs) with any God stories. Uh, Curious how people's weeks were, um, if there's one or two people who uh, might want to share tonight as we kind of head into our class together and then I'll pray for us.
1: Yeah. Um, as some of you may know, I just had surgery yes. last week and um, I was super, um, kind of not, well, I was pretty angry because it kept getting pushed back like the surgery day and like figuring everything out and i was super uh worried that i wouldn't <coughs> be able to play football and stuff yeah and then um lo and behold right after i get the surgery we've had perfect weather and like no ice and
2: nothing mm-hmm. so like one of my crutches mm-hmm. it's just been smooth sailing and i think
1: god has got kind of reassuring me that everything's in his time yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Thanks for sharing that, Isaac. We're so glad that his timing was perfect and that your surgery went well and recovery is going well. So yeah, that's beautiful. Thank you. Miranda. Yeah. So on Thursday mornings,
3: we have a moms group that meets here at the church. Um, and it's, it's a really neat group because every week it feels like God just brings the right moms into the space and not everyone can make it every week. And so every week it just it looks and feels different. Mm-hmm. And last Thursday, we had a pretty full room downstairs, um, probably at least 15 to 20 moms. And you're trying to go around the circle, and we just share how our week was, things that have been good, hard, you know, just motherhood. And halfway halfway through our group going around. One of the moms just was sharing very vulnerably that she just was feeling really inadequate. She was just feeling a lot of guilt, and just her mind just was kind of taking over, and it was hindering her ability to love on her children. And I just very strongly felt this sense that normally we would all just kind of like encourage and have empathy and then we would move on to the next person but I just felt like we need to stop right here and pray and it was really uncomfortable but I knew I had to lean into it and so I was like you know what we're going to stop right now and we're going we're gonna to pray over this mom and we're going to pray for all of us to have renewed minds and Mm -hmm. to take every thought captive and Mm -hmm. and that we wouldn't feel this way Mm -hmm. in this journey of motherhood and so we we stopped and a lot of moms were crying and it was just you know a really tender space which again you know it looks different every week Mm -hmm. a really tender space and then afterwards I had at least four or five of the moms from the group message me individually saying you know I don't know what was going on this morning but it was a very thin space and I just really felt like the spirit was present and again it was just a really cool
0: environment. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. Thanks for sharing that. Way to be obedient to the prompting of the Holy Spirit, right? That's what we're talking so much about when we sense those nudgings in the moment to step into it. And what a sweet, uh, what a beautiful testimony to come out of that. Anna. Well, talking
3: about nudges of the Holy Spirit, in chapel, like at school, um, at our school, we've never freely stood up in worship and um like that's unheard of um, when we're all sitting down and they're singing to us and uh i had a friend that is not strong in the faith so much she turned right over to me and i was getting the nudge to stand up uh and she turned to me and she said let's stand um, and
2: so good. it took good. us a little bit but <laughs> me and I, we end up we stood up out of our whole school and then, I mean, it went to, from each one of us mm-hmm. kind of little pockets of people standing up. Mm-hmm. And then, it, like we've even gotten some thing after that. Caleb, hey, you can share about. That. Yeah, well, that's something I've been praying for too. Um, like having, like people see me be myself and myself faith and um, like recognize that through that. And this kid, a freshman. He reached out to me and asked me, like, um, if we could meet and, like, talk about his faith and stuff, and, like, go over something. So, I'm meeting with him Tuesday, we're going to go through John.
0: Yay! That's so encouraging. I love that. Way to obey that prompt and just, yeah, show up with freedom and worship and what that can look like, and then, wow, what a cool uh, overflow of story out of that. That's beautiful. Well done. Well done, yeah. Oh
2: uh, yesterday I was feeling very alone. Yeah.
0: Just, um, just
2: going through some struggles. i everyone uh, run into town to get something, and I'm driving past the church on my way home, and I feel God saying, you need to go to the lighthouse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I did, and um, went into the one here on the main level. I didn't
0: realize there was another little room to the side, mm-hmm. so I went in there, shut the door, and then just saw the... Somebody had written some Bible passages on a little sticky note, and I was reading through those and opened the one and, um, in Hebrews thirteen five and it says, we Never will I ever never will I ever oh
2: you. Mm-hmm. And, then, and
0: then I get this morning and I'm reading all of those same words. Uh-huh. Um, thank you. Beautiful. And, you know, thank you for sharing that too. Yeah. yeah. I love that. I love that how God meets that deep need of our heart and he spoke to you through the word. I love that. Thank you for sharing. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah and, um, well, I was reading this long chapter.
0: <laughs> it was a long one this
2: week. We have the book at once? It went to, it said on, on page 96, it said something about. Um, Beloved, he wants to spend forever with you. Mm -hmm. If you do not feel this, you're exactly the one who needs to pray Paul's prayer for yourself from Ephesians 3, 14, 19. So I went to that, and this is in the middle of the night. And I just want to read it for you because I used it this morning when I was one of the prayer team members. It was perfect because of Kevin's um, passage and stuff and sermon all about the heart. It says, For this cause I bow my knee unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith that ye be rooted and grounded in love, and that ye may be able to comprehend what is the breadth and the length, and the depth, and the height, and to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. And the very first person that I was praying with this morning was talking about something with his heart, and it was just like, bam, Ephesians yes. 3, 1419, he had so had Jesus Christ in there, and I it was good. just, it was a beautiful message. Passage to pray. So, really thanking
0: God for that. I love that. I love how two of our testimonies were just scriptures, you know, and the Holy Spirit will often do that, right? He'll highlight something we've read or seen or is hidden in our heart, and he'll pull that forward, which is part of why that being in the Word, knowing Scripture, is also such a key part of growing in this more in the intimacy. So, what a great segue with that. No, and I'm going to pray for that over our our room tonight. and then I'm going to turn it over uh, to Kevin to share a little bit of a, a synopsis of the long chapter. So, no. <laughs> but very good. All right, let's pray. So, Father, we uh, we just begin by giving you thanks. We thank you for um, these beautiful God stories. Thank you for um, meeting places in our heart that needed a touch from you, a word of encouragement. Um, Thank you for uh, obedience to promptings that led to thin spaces and encounters. God, we thank you for uh, obedience to promptings that led to witness and connection and encouragement to other uh, brothers and sisters in the faith. And we just agree together, Lord, that uh, we want to keep stepping into those nudges. We want to see your kingdom come just in multiple ways in our lives. just the, the everyday moments of our life. And so as we step into uh, the rest of the class today, God, we do pray that this would be a, a thin space, that there'd be revelation of your love, of your heart for us, um, of your nearness to us. And would you just bless our fellowship and take us into places of deeper revelation of who you are. And we pray this together in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Spirit.
4: Amen. Amen. Thank you, Steph. Thanks, everyone. Uh, I want to commend Steph for the questions on the sheet, in particular on the back side. And we're going to do a small group uh, questions specifically tied to the handbrakes. And so I, I, I hope you've had time to look at that, and we'll process that a bit in small groups. So that would be the first thing I'd like to be mindful of. I'd like to draw your attention very specifically to page 83 and 84. <clears throat> Before we read it, let me give you a little history here. So, this this is to provide some context for this church. Uh, Since 2002, we've been trying to be a word and spirit church. We're trying to do that in a variety of ways. In the midst of that, one of the things we have integrated is sought to be uh, taking the best from all the streams of the Christian tradition. And so I wanted you to see that in this chapter that you you should be able to see in our life together as a church. We're drawing from all the streams So if, I won't tell you, but if you, this morning If you looked at our service, there were four Different streams as part of this morning's service So we're trying to be A church that is open in word and spirit To the fullness of the kingdom of God So can i have you look at page uh, 83 Near the bottom, let me just read Through this and just get some feedback from you The first, full, uh, first Second full paragraph near the bottom <clears throat> The author writes At the risk of oversimplification and parody. Let me, set out what, let me set out what strikes me about the different streams of churchmanship, the different streams of Christian faith. So the contemplative has faith, expectancy, and experience of meeting God in the solitary desert place of withdrawal unto God. Prayer, silence, and meditation are the means for practicing the presence of God. So if you're part of our church family, you'll see that in many different places repeatedly shared. Our stream, the evangelical, has faith, expectancy, and experience to believe that God will meet us at conversion to Christ as we study the scriptures or center of sound teaching, and then as we engage in evangelistic gospel work. So the idea of faith, expectancy in the Word. The next sacramentalist stream has faith, expectancy, and experience. that God will meet one through the initiation of baptism and confirmation. And primarily to the priestly administration of the Eucharist and confession. So last week Sunday, there's was interesting in one of the services, someone from a this is sacramental stream came up for communion, and and as, as is the custom, knelt. Well, the elders did not know what to do, so they too knelt. But the sacramental stream so reverences the sacraments that they literally kneel to receive because it's so holy and sacred. So it's beautiful to see in our church. Sacramental is streamed right in the front just to receive communion and the beauty of the elders responding. So there's another stream. The use of liturgy is sacramental. The emphasis on the sacraments is sacramental. So we we'll go to the next one, a little bit farther on page 84. The theological liberal has faith, expectancy, and experience to believe that one encounters God abroad in the world often through various social, political means that seek to minister God's loving kindness and justice to the poor and the oppressed. So especially the younger generations have a great hunger for justice ministries and for doing what is right for all people. And you're seeing that as part of our church family, but across the church universal. The Pentecostal stream has faith, expectancy, and experience to believe that God will meet us in in power with gifts following by the Holy Spirit through prayer and laying on of hands. So I won't speak for someone else, but someone told me last week, Sunday, I wrote a simple, kind of a subversive healing prayer, and someone in this room said they experienced healing in that prayer. So there are ways the Holy Spirit moves, and I think if we... I got seven different emails from people last week who said that, as I prayed that simple written prayer, seven people said they experienced healing. So there was was nothing dramatic about that at all. Intentionally, was intended to be very quiet, but what preceded it was, remember the testimony of the Neuendorps, that story? If you listen around, we're trying to distill testimonies and they offer opportunity. So the last one here is the holiness tradition. has faith, expectancy, and experience to, to believe that God may me known through the pursuit of virtuous, holy life, lived in radical distinction and separation from the world. And we have some younger people who are making, to me, vows of celibacy, who are fasting two days a week and are trying to live very strongly, um, holiness tradition lives. So Now if you want more resources I can recommend you a book by Jerry Sitzer and a book by Richard Foster which talks about the breadth of all this. So I'm telling you all this because for some of us this may be a bit of a stretch. Steve was telling me this morning about some of his experiences in the more Pentecostal stream and if he shared some of those with some of us, it would just blow our minds. It's like what in the world is this? It's another stream. We're trying to take the best of all the streams. Now, let me just acknowledge to you, it, in days past, we would say our stream is the stream. Churches would just say, this is the right way, this is everything. Well, I would respectfully just say, none of us have it all. We need all to be all. So, any questions just about the idea of trying to get gather from multiple streams in what we're doing here together as a church family? Anybody have any questions or observations you want to make?
2: Yeah, please, um. I just want to say thank you, because as you're reading all of those and and over the years of experience that I've, I've experienced a lot of those, then in the middle of page 84 where it says where he says why this doesn't work through spiritual pride, these various dreams have usually been isolated from each other. We missed out on so much from each other. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean most of us have probably heard the the joke about the guy who died and he was non-denominational and goes to heaven and St. Peter says, well where do you want to go? And he's going by all these things and the Catholics are all playing bingo and the Pentecostals are all praising God and then there's one and St. Peter goes, shh. Don't say anything. And then depending on what denomination, they think that means up here. <laughs> How many times have we missed out
4: on what God wanted for us because of that spiritual pride. Thank you. I
0: I think, too, the idea that, you know, you can get refreshment by a street, you know, from one place, but that you know, God's heart was actually for a a river, like it was supposed to be so much bigger and broader and more powerful. And so, I uh, just I like to hold that image in my mind of as a church, like it's not that there can't be beautiful things in this one stream, but uh, God intended for something so much uh, bigger and more powerful. And so, as we welcome that, um, that becomes a beautiful uh, thing. To
4: well, in light of stuff's comments, think about Revelation. people from every nation, tribe, and tongue. Right. So when that happens, we're not all going to speak English. Yeah. We're not all going to be white. It's going to be all that somehow we're still going to be connected as brothers and sisters. So, it, so we can experience some of it now. Very good. Anybody yeah. else before we go on to the place? So if you have questions about this, let me know. But we're, we're being very intentional since 2002 with this. So that's what we're trying. Can I take you over to page 94, 95? It's a little, just a little bit of a, um, it, it's a poignant story. And then we're going to go to small groups. But 94, the first full paragraph at the bottom, Judson Cornwell tells a story of a dream he had when he was a pastor of a small church in the United States that experienced a wonderful move of the Spirit and a newfound release of spiritual gifts. In this dream, he saw his congregation in a large department store. Over the sound system, the words kept coming loud and clear. Take whatever you want, it's free. Take whatever you want, it's free. He noticed that all around on tables and shelves were many items, and his church members were stuffing their pockets with them. But he also noted they were mere trinkets, and yet he saw that higher up in the shelves were very expensive goods. He could be calling out to his people, look higher, look higher but they could not hear him. He awoke from the dream, weeping at what he felt was the tragic opportunity lost. He shared the dream with his church and said he felt God was encouraging them not to be sidetracked by lesser things, but to go deeper with God. They could not understand him. He may not have made himself plain, but eventually he resigned, sensing they had closed the doors to the more God would give them. Twenty years later, he was invited back to the dedication of a new part of the church building. At the dinner afterward, one woman remarked, Oh, pastor, isn't it wonderful? We still have all those gifts which God gave us in the renewal when you were here 20 years ago. Hardly able to contain himself, judged and excused himself from the party, returned to his hotel and fell on his bed weeping. Yes, they had the same old gifts and the same old ministries. In fact, everything and everyone was just the same. They did not appear to have grown or received anything from God in 20 years. And then the final question, have you? Okay. And I've asked this question many times uh, serving here, is if you, we are the same people we were last year, we have to ask ourselves some questions. Mm-hmm. We should be different. We should be looking more and more like Jesus. Okay? So now I'm going to d- go back to Steph, because the questions are fantastic. We'll do some small groups together. Could we?
0: Yeah, let's go ahead and take about 20, 20 minutes or so, 20 to 25 minutes to, to work through these. There's kind of a lot here since it was a long um, chapter. And then we'll come back together for some large group discussion after that. And feel free to get more popcorn. Okay. All right. Well, we're going we're gonna to open it up to a little bit of large group sharing. And Kevin, feel free to flip your mic on and jump in whenever here. Um, So some some space to learn from each other uh, here as we talk through some of these questions. And so actually, I would love to just start off with um, the first question about Luke 11. Um, One of the things that I'm actually loving about this season in our church is it's been so fun to hear Mark all the observations from Mark in texting groups and in the uh, teaching rooms. And so um, I'm just curious... to hear kind of some things from around the room. Uh, What was lifting for you or at your table from this passage, uh, Luke 11, uh, this parable, really, that Jesus um, shares uh, with the disciples right after he's teaching about prayer? So what was lifting for you guys as you were reading that together?
2: We were kind of confused on the... Um, shameless audacity
0: line. <laughs> <laughs> what does the Lord mean by that, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Jim, you got a comment on
4: there? Yeah. In the in context of all, this, all of this, I see desperation. Yes. I see somebody who's not taking no for answer.
0: Yeah. I
4: see somebody who's going to stay at the door
0: yeah.
1: until he gets over.
0: Yep, yep. That's a good comment. So there's a lot of we see a lot of desperation, persistence in the midst of this. What else do we notice as you from this? Further questions.
2: Um, so one of the questions was like, "What lives for you in this passage?" I was it like immediately brought me and Claire back to the sermon today, the eleven. <laughs> sermon today and that it like kind of focused on like the hard part of the friend who was being like lazy and like wouldn't like help his other friend and I was just like wow like it's all about like the reflection of your heart and like what what was that yeah Yeah. beautiful Mm -hmm. thank you
1: at that point in time and trying to get across to them the fact that they don't really have to do much not like an outward religious thing they you know, like talk about on Sermon Day but even other times, they don't have to do extra rituals to try to get God's favor yeah. because like, if you look at that or the unjust judge or any of those stories, it wasn't the goodness of the person that was on the inside of the house they just wanted to stop the incessant banging on their door <laughs> sure I'll get it to you and
2: yeah, the first <laughs>
1: It wasn't making appeals. You know, at first they started um, because they're my friend, but it, went, but it wasn't because that they were friends. It was because because he, he wanted to, honestly, make them go away and mm-hmm. and in a in a good way. I think that's how God is. That He wants us to come to it, honestly, desperately, like, like the other guy said. But He wants us to uh, be so desperate that He's willing to give it all to us, and then we can go sort it out later. Yeah. If we're willing to trust God, it'll sort it out
0: fine. Yep. Yep. Beautiful. Thanks, Steve. Good. One of the things that we processed a little bit at our table, too, that had come up is that um, this friend was not asking for himself, actually. Uh, He was asking for somebody else. And uh, so we process that kind of in, in some different ways. Um, you know, one of the things that we often talk about, too, is often some of the uh, gifts of the Spirit, especially as you look, if you made it down to 1 Corinthians 12, those are gifts for ministry to others. They actually aren't about us either. And so there's something to even our own. Um, yeah. And I'm like, I'm not always as persistent um in seeking after things for other people too so it's just I thought that was a we we thought that was an interesting thing too to think um I'm more prone to ask for things that I need or I want but am I hungry enough to go after things so that I can serve my friend or the person I run into at Walmart or my neighbor and so yeah so I think there's some interesting things in that so any other final comments on that? Good. Awesome. Um, all right. Uh, let's just open it up a little bit more broadly. Not knowing how far, <laughs> how far down uh, we made it in our discussions. Um, what other things were were you just uh, were lifting for you at your tables? What What were you chewing on together as you were sitting with these? Yeah, Evelyn. One of the things that we were hitting was last week.
2: You know, when we did the little. Experience where, okay, you got two minutes, (laughs) listen (laughs) forward (laughs) and see what the Lord has to say. And you're like, what? (laughs) And how hard that was because, like, our minds will say, well, I can't think of anything that fast. And yet we were amazed at our table at how, you know, one of the people said, you don't know how appropriate that is. Um, You know, and things like that, which got us toward um, how we, you know, okay, some of the gifts are speaking in tongues. And that's always been a tough one for a lot of people. You know, yeah. like, okay, how do I speak in tongues? And then we were talking too about how often that is, is that when you speak in tongues, your mind is saying, That's gibberish. Yeah. That's just baloney. I don't know what you're doing. Yeah. And and yet when you push past that, it's your spirit. Yeah. Talking to the spirit, yeah. so get past the mind yeah. and just talk the gibberish and let God, like he said, let God sort it out to yeah. you, you know. But you obey and yeah. and speak it, and pretty soon, what happens is that he will bless it to you. Yeah,
0: and yeah.
2: So it's it's getting past that too much. What's that last last um, whatever? Too much mind.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes with a lot of these gifts, we almost have to get out of the way so that the Lord can actually use us. Like just stop thinking that it is about us actually, but that it is about God's spirit within us. And, you know, not that God can't anoint our mind and there aren't beautiful things, you know, a wisdom gift that very much would, you know, makes me think of thinking God's thoughts and having his answers. But there are, there are times that, uh, we're so prone, I think, in our flesh and humanity to try and control something or our own identity is so diminished that we have a hard time believing that God's spirit would minister through us, you know? So um, there is, you know, there's wisdom in only giving you two minutes so you can't overthink it. (laughs) Right, Kevin? (laughs) Um, because, yeah, that can be our, our tendency, actually. And so, yeah. So that's good. Mm-hmm. Awesome. What else was, was lifting for, for you all? Preston. So
3: this is kind of like an aha moment. Uh-huh. And I was just looking down, and I was looking over the, that stained glass window, and right on there it said the Luke 11, 9, 10. Hey. That was like an aha moment. Yeah.
0: Luke 11, huh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love that question. God will often do that won't He? the little things that are affirmations on your path. Yeah. Good. Well, and let's jump down to, to like 1 Corinthians 12 there. Um, it, it, you know, these are not all the gifts of the spirit, but, um, we, we were having a discussion, you know, do, do we believe these gifts ought to be commonly used in the church today? Explain your reasoning. And so uh, we were chatting a little bit about that at our tables, too, about how do you do that well? You know, how do, how, do you, how do you do that in the body of Christ? Well, have we seen pictures of that done well and pictures of it not done well? Right. And so uh, just curious if there are any, any comments. Um, about that as well. Oh, yeah, let's over here. Jim, welcome back to oh, you. Yes. Um, I've shared last week and this week my two older children are, you know, withdrawn from their faith right now. But yet I know they have a very strong base and foundation in the Word and that those seeds are planted. Yeah. And for me, this passage about the gifts of the Spirit and what God has given us, if the church is alive and miracles are happening, mm-hmm. it's kind of hard to argue with that. Yeah. And so that's my prayer is that our church will be so full of the yeah. Spirit yeah. and
2: miracle and alive yeah. that it will draw people in
0: because mm-hmm. things are happening. Yeah. People are being healed. Yeah. People are, you know, life is yeah. coming out, and so that's my prayer for beautiful life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've read some different authors that would say, you know, in a culture like ours, where, um, you know, it's uh, a postmodern. Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, Kevin? There's no truth, right? Uh, Yeah, kind of a relativism. You know, it's hard to do like apologetics, right? Because it's like, well, that's your truth. This is my truth. And, you know, there isn't a common foundation anymore. And so, you know, I've read some different, you know, uh, evangelism books that like, Uh, miracle signs and wonders will become the apologetic to a generation that doesn't believe in truth, because that opens the door. Like it's hard to argue with an encounter. It's hard to argue with uh, healing or someone who can come up to you and has a word of knowledge about where you're at in your story. And so, um, I- I'm with you. Part of why uh, the church has to get in the game in some of these things is to be. Um, in culture that we have a way to enter in and say, like, um, we know you don't know who God is, and we know you don't think that he's uh, true or good or the church has been messy. Um, But uh, through an encounter like this, it can be such a display of God's heart, um, his power, which then just opens the door, right? Uh, to be able to share the good news about who Jesus really is. And so I think this type of equipping is super important, especially for uh, the season that we are in right now culturally. Um, The churches that are moving in word and spirit will make it. Um, I'm not sure that those who are not, I, I don't know that they will. So...
4: I think, that just adding to that, I think that, so the idea of, so if I say the spirit upon and spirit within, do you know what I'm talking about? So the spirit within is about character development formed in the image of Christ. It's imperative that we are bearing the fruit of the spirit yep. so that when the gifts of the spirit are given, they are rightly used in winsome ways. And if we don't have both, we can have a problem. Yep. So we can misuse the gifts of the spirit and cause a ton of hurt. At the same time, we desperately need to have the character of Christ. So it's not either or, and so I think what we're trying to do is both: yep. developing the character of Christ, spirit within, but for the purpose of spirit upon. Spirit upon is for missional purposes. Yep, it is not for us to have a spiritual good time. Yep, it is to be about the kingdom.
0: Yeah. Yep. Amen. And, you know, we talked about in our table, too, one of the things that we're, we want to continue to grow in, and it's part of what, what you did last week, is we do need safe places to practice gifts like this. So, you know, the first time you listen to God for someone, we're probably not going to put you on stage at the 915 service <laughs> and have you just prophesy over the room, right? You know, that would not be good for anybody, you know? Yeah. And so, Kevin's like, jeesh, <laughs> <laughs> a <Kevin's> nightmare. <laughs> <And so laughs> that is why we spend two minutes at a table and practice together and then someone can say, wow, you don't know how much that word actually blessed me. Or, wow, thanks for trying, you know? Because <laughs> we've had those experiences too, right? You know, and one of the things, uh, especially when it comes to hearing God's voice, there's a a man named Dan McCollum, who I appreciate a lot of his teaching on the prophetic. And he said, we have to create a culture where we make the hearer as powerful as the giver of the word. So together we're discerning with the Holy Spirit and that we don't take it personally either. If it doesn't fall and if it doesn't work that we can flush it and be move on and it's okay. Um, And so you know, uh, like our level one prayer training, it's designed to be practice spaces. We're just practicing in a group of four, you know, people with where we're all learning together because um, we do need these safe places to practice the gifts so that um, we we don't want to hurt anybody because we are in some ways uh, representing uh, God's heart and his person when we're using gifts like this with people. And so, um, yeah. So, and I think as we kind of continue out the class here, we'll keep having some some ways to practice that together. So, yeah, Steve.
1: Uh, so we didn't get to this on our table, but earlier I was telling one of the people at our table about at their job that they could use. I didn't say this is the word of knowledge, but that's what I was talking about. But anyway, I was talking about about When they're at their job, they can give words of encouragement to people yeah. and they're really the Holy Spirit. You don't have to say, this is the Lord, you know, down, that stuff. Yeah. And actually, in the past, I've discovered that telling people about Jesus can really, once you mention the word Jesus, it throws up a lot of blocks anyway because of their religious backgrounds. Yeah. And a lot of times, you can speak to people by the Holy Spirit yeah. about specific things going on in their life where you don't have to worry about getting fired from your job because you're telling someone about Jesus.
0: Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. I love that. Um we, we've done Graham Cook's prophetic books uh, a few different times here. And he often, that's actually how he encourages you to practice. Um, in fact, that would be a great thing for us to do as we head out this week is when you're in the store this week, when you're having a conversation with a coworker or neighbor, asking the Lord, God, is there a word of encouragement that I can speak out? And you're absolutely right. You don't have to say, thus saith the Lord. Here's a word of encouragement to you, you know, just let it be natural, like encourage Encouragement—that is part of how you'll cultivate intimacy and hearing with the Spirit, because right, encouragement, edification, comfort is often how He wants to manifest in those relationships. And so, um, look for ways, practice that way. Um, I mean, and and you'll you'll begin to see. Uh, somebody's countenance shift, right? When you you're like, oh, I hit something there when I spoke that, and it'll be an affirmation for you too um, in the process. So that's such a great reminder and such a great word. Yep. To about
1: that, I also mentioned that a lot of times, if you give a word of encouragement to someone, you don't need to stick around for the results. I shared a story about once I was in a parking lot at Walmart. God spoke to me about really clear about these people. Obviously, I didn't know. I walked up to them and said something really specific which they broke down crime. But God didn't say, stay here and, and see what happens next. He just told me to leave, so I did. Now, a lot of people in their own thinking, they would stay anyway, go past what the Holy Spirit's telling you to do. Then you really run into the danger of uh, causing the word you gave to someone to uh, not work because now you're outside the God's God's will. But, when, mm-hmm. but if you, in my case, I left. Who knows what happened in life? I have no need to know. But I don't doubt that something, that's a good that was able
0: to help them at the time. Have sure. Yeah. Just being obedient to the thing that God asked you to do and trusting that that was the thing for the moment. You know, we talk about that in healing prayer a lot. When someone comes in with a big story, there might be one thing that the Holy Spirit's going to highlight in the moment. That whole story may not get healed that day in that minute, moment of prayer, but oftentimes there's a timing and an order and we can trust the peace that we were um, asked to to be a part of. So yeah, I think that's a good that's a good reminder. So yeah, great. Um, Well, we're coming kind of already to a close tonight. So um, let's, let's flip the page over. Um, We, this kind of came out uh, naturally in our conversations as we were, as we were talking about uh, the Holy Spirit at our, our table, just the places that like, why don't we ask more boldly, you know, why, uh, what are the things that kind of have hindered our own image of God, um, that have kept us from, uh, pressing into a little bit more of the more. And so, um, I I wonder if we close by doing a couple of things tonight, actually, um, maybe in groups of two or three, uh, um, would you be open to just kind of sharing honestly with each other, which of these handbrakes you feel like, um, this is a place where I have struggled and, um, pray about those things together, uh, release those to the Lord and, and ask, uh, ask God to help you kind of move, um, through that to take off the handbrake there. Um, and then actually, uh, why don't Why don't we do what we did last week? And why don't you listen for a word of encouragement then too for the person that you're connected with? 30 seconds, that's it. I'm not even giving you two minutes. No, I'm just just kidding. (laughs) But in the time, as you're... As you're listening and asking together, just see if there might be a a simple word, a phrase, uh, again, without being prompted, um, if there might be a word of encouragement or blessing that you could pray over the person that you're partnered with. So, um it's 4:52. Um we'll let that be like I said you'll you can kind of pair up, get in a group of 3, um do this together and then feel free to just slip out whenever you're done and we'll plan on seeing you uh next week at the 6:10 service. All right.